Welcome to our first episode of Dr. Z, A World Never Mentioned. My name is Zeon, and today our first episode will be about the region of Latin America. Bienvenidos! Latin America by far has definitely been one of the most fascinating regions in my opinion. I mean, with its spectacular history, culture, and best of all diversity, there's nothing you can miss. They are known to be very hospitable, happy people who just love to dance and, you know, have fun. I feel like if any of you guys are party animals, Latin America is just the place for you. From music like marimba and cuba to my favorite genre, urbano latino, from dances like tango in Argentina to samba in Brazil, and from Catholic traditions like alfombras in Guatemala to the loud and wild festivals celebrated throughout the region, there's just so much culture to explore. Not only are the people so charismatic and friendly, but there's just an astonishing amount of wildlife and scenery. For example, from the luscious green tropical Amazon rainforest, to the scenic Angel Falls, to the cold glaciers in Argentina. Now, let's move on with the episode, shall we? Or in Spanish, vamos a continuar con el episodio. First, let's talk about what will be on this podcast. We will be discussing the basics and some interesting information based on this region. For example, what is the difference between being Hispanic and being Latin American? Or what is this new term Latinx? Then we have an extremely, extremely brief history. Because I know some of y'all just don't like the historical aspect of these regions, but they're very important. We have two political events that are prominent in Latin America today. And the best part, of course, is our cultural segment, where we will cover the customs, traditions, foods, and sites that people should know about each country in Latin America. In our second part of this region's podcast, we will be listening to our guest speaker, who has been to over 60 countries around the world, has lived in South America for many years. Also, just a disclaimer, this episode is going to be a lot longer than our future ones, because there are just so many different countries in Latin America, and they're all so unique. Now, what are we waiting for? Let's travel to Latin America. Now, I really have to clarify a few things before I go on with this episode. First of all, the difference between the terms Latino and Hispanic. There, of course, is a huge overlap with many people who can possibly consider him or herself as both. Now, the problem is, is that neither of these words have an official or universally accepted meaning, but I guess we'll just have to go on and outline the major difference. Hispanic comes from the original term España, generally referring to things relating to Spain or even just a Spanish-speaking country. In short, a person who is Hispanic comes from a country that has their main language as Spanish. Therefore, this means that people from Spain are considered Hispanic, since Spanish is their national language, while if you're from a country like Brazil or Portugal, you're not. People coming from almost all countries from Central and South America can be considered as Hispanic, except for those from the countries of Brazil, Belize, Guyana, and Suriname, but it can include countries like Mexico and Cuba and Dominican Republic. Latino is sort of like the opposite of Hispanic in a way. Rather than Spain being included and Brazil being excluded when being considered Hispanic or not, in this case, people from Brazil are Latino, while people from Spain aren't. 
Being Latino basically means coming from Latin America. But the problem arises when trying to define which countries are actually Latin American. In the best way I could possibly define it, Latin America, as a matter of fact, mainly includes countries in the Americas that speak mainly a Romance language. Romance languages would usually include Spanish, French, Portuguese, Italian, and Romanian. Therefore, even French-speaking countries and territories can be included, such as Haiti, French Guiana, and French Guadeloupe. I know, confusing, right? So in this episode, I will be covering all the countries that are considered to be part of Latin America. This is the perfect time to introduce a term that may be in the middle of a somewhat controversial debate right now. But I think it's important to inform you all. Latinx. What is the deal with it? Latinx is a gender-neutral term that can be used in place of Latino, which refers to a Latin American male, and Latina, which refers to a Latin American female. The language, in a way, supports a dynamic that males have a higher status than females. For example, a group of women will be known as Latinas, but all of a sudden, when one man comes into the picture, it is Latinos. Latinx is an important term that dismantles binaries and is important to those who don't identify as male or female, which makes it very inclusive. However, there are also many people who don't quite agree with Latinx, as they believe it dismantles too much of the past and culture of the language and is also the first step to an extreme change to the language as a whole. Let's get down to the history. So I know a lot of people usually find history super boring, so I'll keep it as concise as possible. People have inhabited Latin America for thousands of years, starting with native groups like the Olmec, the Maya, the Inca, and the Aztec. Starting in the 15th century, European countries explored and colonized areas throughout North and South America. This colonization led to disease, slavery, and death for the native groups. However, the merging of European and native cultures is what has made Latin America the rich cultural area that it is today. After several hundred years of foreign reign, most of the territories in North and South America revolted and gained their independence. It has always been the common thought that Christopher Columbus discovered the New World, the Americas. However, many tribes have been living here for thousands of years before he came and uh, basically wiped out most of them out of their existence. But basically before 1492, which was the year when he arrived in the Americas, there were four main civilizations that existed, the Mayans, Aztecs, Incas, and Olmecs. The Olmecs were the oldest civilization that fell around 400 BC, and you can see their remains in Mexico with the huge stone heads made out of volcanic rock. After them, there are many other civilizations, including the Mayans, who are in Mexico, Guatemala, El Salvador, and Honduras regions, the Aztecs in only Mexico, and the Incas in modern-day Peru. After all this, the mighty Christopher Columbus comes in and makes this uh, discovery, which also included wiping out tribes. But at the same time, Christopher Columbus can also be credited from being the Spanish language to Latin America. This period of time after 1492 was known as the Colonial Period, where he made his voyage from the Old World Europe to the New World Americas. 
Indigenous tribes weren't the only ones who suffered from colonization, but so did many Africans as well. They were brought in ships, and most of them were in Brazil and Jamaica. As a matter of fact, they brought an amazing culture of music and culinary skill to Latin America, so that could also explain a lot as well. After this colonial period, many countries started fighting for independence in the 1800s, with Colombia being the first country to gain it. Today, I can say that Latin America has definitely taken its strides, especially in the global economy. Even the indigenous tribes are thriving, especially when in 2006, an indigenous president was elected for Bolivia. So yes, this is the amazing brief history of Latin America. Moving on to politics, let us start the political history with the Venezuelan crisis. Did you know that Venezuela was once the richest country in Latin America, with as many oil reserves as the Middle East? The Middle East! The nation has been in the grip of an economic crisis for years now. The governments of President Nicolas Maduro and the opposition Juan Guaido are engaged in a bitter power struggle. The South American country has been caught in this downward spiral for years with growing political discontent. Scholars say the rise and fall was caused by a combination of factors, like for example, decline of oil prices or massive social spending of the Chavez and Maduro governments, and a combination of economic mismanagement and corruption. This further skyrocketed inflation from just 19% in 2012 to 946% today. This can be marked by the term hyperinflation, it further fueled power cuts and shortages for food and medicine, which led to this economic collapse. Venezuela has always been known to be this nation with amazing pride and people are so loyal to their culture. Today, citizens are suffering, yet protesting all day to fight for their families and the future of this nation. Even with the American sanctions being placed, Maduro has refused to make any changes. The currency has become absolutely worthless, and almost 80% of Venezuela's population is poor now. It's devastating. According to figures compiled by the United Nations, an estimated 5 million have left the country since the crisis started to bite in 2014. Moving on next to the Brazil corruption scandals. However, in 2014, one of the biggest scandals occurred that exposed the corrupt government that Brazil had at one point. Operation Car Wash, or in Portuguese, Lava Jato. In Brazil, the biggest energy company in Latin America, Petrobras, was starting a new energy project known as Comperge in the city of Itoboraí. With a huge project promising many jobs, more people moved in along with many businesses. However, construction of Comperge stopped due to its symbolization of the huge scandal of Operation Car Wash, which laid off thousands of people. In this scandal that Petrobras was involved in, many Congress members, previous presidents, and CEOs were imprisoned or charged for their involvement. These include a previous and extremely popular president, Lula da Silva, and also his two successors. Operation Car Wash began in March 2014 as an investigation into allegations that executives at the state oil company had accepted bribes from construction firms and return for awarding them contracts at inflated prices. Now, this is already terrible, but now this left-wing party that had all these ex-presidents supported had been dragged down into this corruption scandal amid allegations of having funneled some of these funds 
to pay off politicians and buy their votes and help with their political campaigns. Now, because Petrobras was now losing all this money, the nation had to go into recession and even Petrobras's stocks took a huge downturn. So not only were people jobless, but the economy was in a recession. Another scandal that was uncovered from Operation Car Wash was Odebrecht. The Brazilian-based construction giant, which is Latin America's largest construction conglomerate, has admitted bribing officials to secure contracts in Brazil and other countries in South America. One of these companies that they bribed included Petrobras. There are perks and downsides to Operation Car Wash. On one hand, the operation uncovered this corruption that's plagued Brazil for years and decades. But on the other hand, people can't trust their government anymore, as they now understand this internal bias. But now Brazil's economy is picking up, they can go back to celebrating Carnival and looking beautiful like always. Now, we have come to my most favorite segment of this podcast, the cultural part, where we talk about the amazing sights, food, and traditions practiced in each country or general subregion in Latin America. Let's start with some general similarities. Most countries live in a collectivist culture, with a lot of emphasis on the well-being of the family, making them very group-oriented and family gatherings being very commonplace. In short, Family plays a huge role in defining who they are, and it is common to find them living in large joint families. Coming to my favorite topic, food. A misconception we may all have is that people who speak Spanish eat tacos and enchiladas, right? Wrong. Did you know that these are cuisines specific to Mexico and not found in any other regions, especially South America? Now, when it comes to tortillas, which is a flat bread made of corn or flour. This is found in Mexican and Central American cuisines. Some foods like tamales and salsas can be found in many regions. And while rice and beans is a staple dish of Latin American cuisine, it is made different in every country. For example, Cuba is known for slow cooked black beans, while in Peru, they use fava or and white beans. And in Mexico, they use pinto beans. Now, as I've already briefly touched in the history of Latin America, there are many indigenous tribes in these countries. The struggle for the recognition of the human rights of these indigenous people have been long and bumpy. 50 million Latin Americans are indigenous. In some countries such as Bolivia and Guatemala, between 41 and 60% of the population comes from a tribal history. The Incan Empire is the most well-known indigenous tribe of South America. While some indigenous people are mixed with the colonizers, others isolated themselves and kept to their traditional language and way of life. For example, the Quechua people in Ecuador. The indigenous have typically held a low social and economic position in Latin American society, but hopefully that is beginning to change. Now coming to faith, in Latin America, the Spanish and Portuguese imported and spread Catholicism, which is the predominant religion in Latin America. The belief in and practice of Christianity gradually replaced the native belief systems, and at the beginning of the 21st century. In Latin America, majorities speak the language of Spanish, 
while Brazil speaks Portuguese and Haiti, French Guiana, and French West Indies speak French. Now let's move on to the specific culture of these regions. Now, we will get into an in-depth discussion of the three sub-regions, Central America, Caribbean, and South America. Now, let's first start with Mexico and Central America. In this region, you will notice that many people actually identify as Mestizo, which is like a mix of the Amerindian and European Spanish culture. In this region, yes. It is commonly known to be ridden with crime, but there is still a lot that the region has to offer. Due to the prevalent Mayan history in Central America, there are many Mayan ruins that can be visited, especially in countries like Guatemala, El Salvador, and Honduras. This is because the area was the center of the ancient Mayan tribes, and the indigenous culture still exists, especially in Guatemala. Now for tourists who want to travel to Central America, there are just so many places depending on your interest. If you're a history geek, the Mayan ruin of Tikal is a huge site to visit due to its prevalent Mayan history. If you're interested in architecture and art, Leon in Nicaragua is one of the oldest cities in the region, is filled with Spanish colonial architecture and has many museums, art centers, and public murals. If you're someone who loves to tan on the beach and go surfing or enjoy other activities, you can go to the beach city of Dominical in Costa Rica. It's like a dream for surfers, especially due to its 10 feet waves. Dominical has gorgeous rainforests and waterfalls and caves where you can go zip lining or horseback riding or hiking. You can even enjoy a massage and you can see whales for most of the year. In Panama, there's Boquette. Where you can see uh, where you can go white river rafting, zip lining, rock climbing, and enjoy the natural hot springs. You can even go on an adventurous safari tour, and you can visit the Baru volcano, which is the only region where you can see both the Pacific Ocean and Atlantic Ocean in Central America. Coming to the food in this region, some prominent dishes that you probably didn't know about include pupusas which are thick corn tortillas stuffed with a savory filling and cooked on a comal or griddle. And there are baleadas, which are eaten very commonly in Honduras, and they're stuffed with beans and a variety of fillings. Other dishes could include chicken pepillan and noodle tostadas in Guatemala, and ceviche, which is commonly eaten throughout. Ceviche is basically raw seafood marinated in a mixture of lime, salt, onions, and cilantro. Lastly, let's talk about the celebrations. These celebrations would mainly come from the Catholic faith, as I talked about before. For example, in Holy Week or the week before Easter, which is known as the Semana Santa, the citizens of Guatemala would join hands and make alfombras or carpets. They're very colorful and attract many tourists. Almost all these countries celebrate Patron festivities, especially during Holy Week. And based on the magnitude of these celebrations, in my opinion, it is probably best to travel to any of these countries during that time. Now that we've completed Central America, let's move on to the Caribbean countries of Latin America, which would include Dominican Republic, Cuba, 
Haiti, and the French West Indies. Now, I've been to the Dominican Republic as part of a service trip in the outskirts of the nation, and I can guarantee that the people there are so loving and hospitable and accommodating. And the nation also has these beautiful palm trees and beaches. I remember almost every day I would have rice, beans, vegetables, and yes, of course, there was juicy meat. Other prominent food in the area includes La Bandera, which represents the Dominican Republic flag. The food is mainly composed of Dominican rice and beans with chicken. The red is represented by the beans, the white by the rice, and with a splash of poetic and culinary license here, the meat, which would be usually chicken or beef, represents the third color. Some really good dishes in Haiti include pate, which is a thick puff pastry, and an extravagant dish known as Diri Agjonjon is basically rice and mushrooms. I'm sure when people first think of Dominican Republic, they would think of Punta Cana, but there is still so much nature they have to offer. When I was there, we went snorkeling, and honestly, the beaches there are 10 times more prettier than the ones I've seen in the United States. I remember having an amazing time at Soswa, which is where we went around and snorkeled and enjoyed the beach vibes. There were many roadside shops, and it was very fun to bargain with the shop owners. Sometimes the Indian just kind of kicks in. You can witness the region's historical setting through the sites including Citadel La Ferrier and San Suchi Palace in Haiti. And then in Cuba, there's Habana Vieja, which directly translates to Old Havana, where you can see the country's architecture, like how it was many decades ago. If you like the beach, there are places like Varadero in Cuba and Labadi in Haiti. Coming to traditions, Haiti has a huge carnival that occurs throughout the country, but the biggest one happens in the capital, Port-au-Prince. In Cuba, there's La Fiesta del Fuego, which pays tribute to the music, food, dances, and traditions of the cultural capital of Cuba, Santiago. It is characterized by dance presentations and fireworks and theatrical performances, local crafts, workshops of poetry and acting, cinema series, and much more. It is one of the most world-famous celebrations in Cuba. Additionally, merengue is a very popular dance in countries like Dominican Republic, and I remember having a hard time learning it when I was there in the country itself. Next up, South America. Honestly, every country in South America is very different. One similarity, undoubtedly, is their extreme passion for football, which in America we say is soccer. From countries like Brazil and Argentina that are nocturnal party animals, to countries like Bolivia and Paraguay, which are a bit more old school, South America is just so very diverse culturally. When it comes to food and beverages, there are many caffeine-enriched drinks, like for example mate from Argentina and terere from Paraguay. Additionally, you have salteñas from Bolivia, which are baked empanadas with savory fillings, completos from Chile, which is like the hundred times better version of our hot dog in America with a lot of spices. Then we have japachingos from Ecuador, which is like a potato pancake and picarones from Peru, which is like a desert similar to the American donut. Now music. 
Dance and poetry form the backbone of South American culture. A common feature of these dances is the fascinating mix of influences from all over the world, taking elements from indigenous culture, European settlers, and African slave populations, making them very unique to this particular continent. Here's some of the most iconic dances in South America, which would include samba from Brazil and tango from Argentina. And then you have folk dances like corporales from Bolivia, cumbia from Colum Colombia, and pasillo from Ecuador. Must-sees include Machu Picchu, a stunning site of the Incan ruins in Peru, the Easter Island in Chile, with the mysterious statues and the Polynesian culture. You have the Galapagos in Ecuador, with a lot of biodiversity, and where the legendary Charles Darwin made his discoveries. You have Salar de Uyuni in Bolivia with its amazing landscape. And you can't talk about celebrations without bringing the best one of them all, Carnival. Carnival in Rio is the world's most famous party. The highlight of Carnival is the Samba Parade, which is not to be missed. Parades bleachers or tables for six and private covered boxes for 12 along the parade route. Additionally, just like Central American countries, there are many celebrations that go on during Catholic holidays. For example, in Colombia, they celebrate Christmas for the whole month, and so on and so forth. So, this concludes our part one segment on Latin America. Be sure to tune in to our next segment, which includes an interesting interview with our special guest speaker. So, until next time... This is Dr. Z signing off with a quote from Oscar Wilde, live with no excuses and travel with no regrets. Or in Espanol, viva con nuevas excusas y viaja sin remordimientos.